please. Chair Gutierrez? Present. Vice Chair Poikert? Present. Commissioner Gilbert? Present. Commissioner Esbander? Present. Commissioner Gonzalez? Present. All present, two vacancies. Thank you. Do we have any uh, requests for communications from the audience on items not on the agenda? No, sir. Okay. We have no uh, meeting minutes uh, to review and approve, so we'll go right to public hearing. First item, please. Well, I have a PowerPoint being set up here. Uh, sorry about the delay. Um, looks like everything's loaded. All right, so good evening, Chair, Planning Commissioners. Um, first item on the agenda tonight, um, the applicant requests that the Planning Commission review and consider uh, conditional development permit number 2023-0013. Um, this is for a proposal for an um, alcoholic beverage license uh, change from type 20 to type 21 uh, for Jackson food stores. Um, so this specific site is actually um, for 210 freeway and uh, Alder, uh, specifically at the southwest corner. This is located within the Renaissance Pacific plan. The land use designation is freeway incubator. Um, this site was actually developed uh, several years ago, I think finalized in 2011. So it's been an existing gas station. Um, and upon origination or establishment, they've had a license by ABC for the type 20. Again, this is a one parcel of land um, as part of a you know, subdivision that was there on the corner. So um, just for a little bit more clarification, um, since 2011, at least uh, type 20 has allowed the establishment to sell um, beer and wine only for off-sale consumption and the type 21, uh, which is being requested, it will allow the beer, wine, as well as um, uh, distilled spirits to be included in that as well. Um, as required, Rialto Municipal Code uh, requires a conditional development permit um, for such a proposal. And so uh, right here just has the layout of the existing uh, convenience store. Um, it a little hard to tell, but uh, in there, they actually have the locations of where they're going to have the spirits, um, along with all the other products that they currently sell as well. So the operations of the convenience store, the typical sundries, um, let's see, also type 21, we kind of covered, you know, what they have today and what they want to move to. Um, the hours of operation, uh, we've confirmed that it is a 5 a.m. to 11 p.m., and that is a daily seven days a week, uh, two to four employees at any given time. 
Um, staff has reviewed this and corresponded with ABC as well. Um, so in the staff report, uh, as well as in the resolutions, uh, you'll see that there's also a request for the, uh, or the findings that have been provided as necessary to issue a public um, convenience, uh, public needs and convenience as well determination. So this project um, in the freeway, com it's consistent with not only the zone and the SP, but also with the surrounding land uses around. So it's fully encompassed by landfill, industrial to the north, uh, another C store, or I should say um, travel center across uh, Alder there, and then the freeway uh, 210 to the south as well. Um, this is consistent um, with the following goals, 3-1, 3-3, and 3-4 of the city uh, general plan. And um, it's all notices, um, it was a 660 foot uh, radius that was utilized to send out the public hearing notice as well as published in the newspaper. Um, this project is exempt via class one um, from CEQA, uh, existing facilities projects. Uh, with that, uh, staff recommends that the commission adopt the resolution of approval uh, attached here as exhibit E for conditional development permit 2023 dash 0013 <coughs> to allow the sales of distilled spirits for off-site consumption uh, in addition to the already uh, off-sale uh, for beer and wine. Um, that is all staff has for tonight, but I know the applicant is available should you have any questions or clarifications that need to be done. the public hearing and then we'll ask staff if they have any questions real quick and go to the applicant. Open the public hearing. Do we have any questions at this time? Okay. Would the applicant like to speak? Hi, good evening. Uh, my name is Steve Rawlings. I am a third party consultant to Jackson's Food Stores. Um, and I um, I wanted to uh, take it just a couple of minutes to tell you a little bit about Jackson's and then I wanted to see if we couldn't have a discussion about one of the conditions of approval there. Um, Jackson's, if you're not familiar with them, is a very, very large operator of, of uh, gas and convenience stores. They're based out of Idaho. If you drove through Idaho, Montana, Colorado, you're gonna see a lot of Jackson's. Uh, about two or three years ago, they made an acquisition and they purchased about 30 to 50 existing um, gas station convenience stores from another operator and then went through and rebranded all of them. Uh, they have stores in Northern California all the way down to El Cajon, California, Rialto and Moreno Valley, et cetera, et cetera. So they're relatively new to the state, uh, but they operate well over 300 stores um, in there in the Western United States, they have 3000 employees. They take very seriously their business their operations, they pride themselves on a lot of employee training, they pride themselves on employee retention, which is extremely difficult in, in this day and age. Um, and they operate very, very clean stores and like to offer not only just your regular stuff that you see at convenience stores, but fresh foods and, and um, you know things like yogurts and pre-made sandwiches and so on and so forth. <coughs> the request, and we're making this request uh, in a lot of our stores, we already sell the beer and wine. The request is driven a lot by um, what they call ready to drink um, beverages. Um, if you're familiar with like Cutwater or something along those lines, they're 
their, um, they'll say their margaritas in a can, so to speak. Now, alcohol by volume, those are somewhere between 10 and 15% alcohol by volume, which is not much uh, different than what you would find in a bottle of wine. But there's a great deal of consumer um, uh, demand for this type of product. And we would also like the ability to be able to sell um, bottles of spirits. Um, our display for the spirits is behind the cashiers. We certainly don't want any of our customers to be able to to take a bottle. We don't like it when product leaves the store, so we go through a lot of measures to, to try to prevent that activity. Um, so with this particular location, as was noted earlier, they we have been selling beer and wine since 2011, and currently um, we, are, uh, we do have the privilege to be able to sell single cans of beer, which is a, a you know, big part of our, our business there. And in the conditions of approval, there is, I believe it's condition number six, um, there is you know, a proposed prohibition of being able to do that. And um, I'm not 100% sure you know, what would necessitate that. The you know, Rialto Police Department had an opportunity to look at this. I've been out to the location. There's certainly no residences anywhere nearby. We, we, I, I didn't see any <coughs> loitering uh, or anything along those lines. And, so we would certainly like to be able to preserve our privilege of being able to continue to offer that product. We don't inventory a lot of beer. I mean, I think we dedicate four or five coolers, which is actually a lot less than some other convenience stores that I have seen. But the uh, ability to continue to sell, um, sell at least the single cans of uh, beer uh, is important to us. Um, I would offer, I have worked with other communities on this, and I would offer um, language that would say, no single cans of beer over 32 ounces um, because there's been some concern in other communities about the 40s and that's not a business that we're necessarily interested in and so um, so I would I would you know make the request that for some consideration of maybe a modification or elimination of, of that particular uh, condition um, uh, you know again I, I, I didn't um, I, I, we're not aware of any problems that we've had at all with our operations, and we don't think that there's going to be any uh, um, any change in that with the addition of distilled spirits. So, um, other than that, we are um, happy with the conditions. I think that in your um, in the in the package was kind of our operations and training program. So we do go through you know comprehensive. Uh, programs to to try to ensure that our employees are safe, our customers are safe. We don't have product leaving the door <coughs> out the door without being paid for. We do proper identification checks, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, with that, that's um, that, that would be the only modification I would be looking for, and I'm available for any other questions that anybody may have. So you had no problems with the uh, people coming in and ca causing some difficulty there at the store offer. At the store operation? No, we, we, we haven't. I mean, I, I would say that, yeah, that, that, that can occur. Um, we have not seen that in this particular store. Um, and our people are trained. I think a lot of people don't realize this, that, you know, it is illegal to sell somebody who's um, displaying uh, signs of intoxication, um, as well as, obviously, we know you can't sell to a minor. Um, and we go through great lengths to train our people on signs of intoxication. As a, as a large corporation, honestly, we don't need to make 
a you know ten dollar sale to somebody who's you know a little bit of a high risk that, that that's not worth it to us if, if it did happen the company would be fine we'd have a, um, a mark against our license and a lot of people don't know this but the cashier that actually made that transaction is going to be lighter in the wallet too by about a thousand or fifteen hundred dollars because ABC does find the individual um, for that because they uh, they're required to sign a, a what they call a clerk's affidavit which says yeah I understand the rules and regulations um, and they're immediately terminated by Jackson's if if we have any violations. I have a question, Anderson. Yeah. Are there signs to be put up the distance from? Your location before they start drinking the beer. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I didn't understand that. Well, you know, when you buy a beer, you walk outside. You may pop it up, start drinking. Is that it legal to do it there on your premises? Absolutely not. So are there, are we signs saying no drinking on the premises. Absolutely. I think that we have those on there, and if you want to place a condition on that, we're more than happy to because we certainly don't want people in our parking lot. We don't want people hanging out in our parking lot. You know, hey, fill up gas come into the store, do your business, and, and move on. And we certainly don't want somebody sitting in a car um, drinking or, or who knows what else. I mean, and our managers are trained to go outside on a regular basis and check that and check for that type of activity. And we, um, we approach the people. You have to be careful when you approach <coughs> people. And we just ask them nicely, would you please leave? And if, if they don't, after about 10 minutes, we will usually make a phone call to the police department. Um, so uh, we, we, we try to police that uh, quite a bit. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. Move to close the public hearing. Second. Second. We have a motion. Move to adopt the attached resolution exhibit E to approve conditional development permit number 2023-0013 to allow the sale of distilled spirits for off-site <coughs> consumption in addition to existing sales of beer and wine for off-site consumption for the existing convenience market located at 2281 West Casmalia Street, subject to finding and conditions therein. Second. Um, Chair, um, um, excuse me. Yeah, I don't support this. Do you want, do you want to add the exemption on single beer sales? No, leave it the way it is. Do I have a second on that motion? All in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? All right, no opposed. Thank you. <coughs> Next item, please. Good evening, uh, Chair and Commissioners. Um, I'll be making the presentation here on the second public hearing tonight. Uh, the file numbers for reference are Conditional Development Permit Number 2023-0016 and Precise Plan of Design Number 2023-0024. This is an application filed by Midland Oil Group, LLC. 
On this first slide here, just showing you the project site, I've highlighted it and the red boundary here on the image for you. Um, it is uh, portions of several parcels that are in the process of, of being merged under a separate lot line adjustment that's uh, being processed by staff currently. But the total, the parcel in the end will be 1.88 acres in size. It's located at the northwest corner of Riverside Avenue and Easton Street. Um, it has a zoning designation of C1 <coughs> neighborhood commercial. Um, it's currently developed at, into an Arco uh, gas station. It has you know, not only the, the gas sales, but a convenience market and an existing car wash. Um, just looking at the aerial, you can see to the north side of the site is the 210 freeway. To the east across Riverside Avenue is the In-N-Out Burger. And then to the south across Easton Street is a Jack in the Box restaurant. And then to the west is a um, water reservoir facility. And so what the applicant proposes to do with their applications is demolish the existing car wash building and then redevelop and operate a new automated car wash in its place. Um, the new car wash will consist of uh, a car wash tunnel of 4,180 square feet in size and 18 designated vacuum spaces, uh, some accessory buildings as well, including a 280 foot square foot attendant hut for the employees and then a 350 square foot storage room and two 120 square foot uh, vacuum producer rooms and there'll also be a queuing lane um, for cars entering the car wash and that will have ability to stack 15 vehicles in it and then additionally the applicant will install associated paving and lighting and landscaping so this next slide shows you the site plan um, the new car wash facility or let me just back up for a second the you can see here kind of the lower left of the site plan that's the convenience market and then to the north of it that's where the new car wash facility is going to go and that's the same place where the existing one is so the applicant proposes to demolish that car wash building and then redevelop this new uh, automated car wash just to the north of the convenience market um, and then the car the, like I said the car wash tunnel will be on the the west side just north of the convenience market and the vacuum stations will be on the east side of the car wash tunnel and then the queuing lane will run along the east and north sides into the entrance of the car wash tunnel on the north side of that building and then the cars will progress south through the car wash tunnel and then exit out the south side of the building um, where then they have the ability to, to turn left into the vacuum station area or they could just uh, progress out of the site. Um, I show you the red arrows there on the site that's uh, showing the location of the existing driveways um, for this car wash or gas station slash car wash. Uh, these are existing, they're in place, they're going to remain as they are. So there's one right in only driveway on Riverside Avenue and then there are two full access driveways on Easton Avenue. Those are the existing driveways that will continue to provide access to the site and to the new car wash. Um, next slide, this is just showing you what the car wash building is going to look like. Uh, the architecture has been designed to match the architecture of the convenience market. So it's implementing those same features, specifically the two tower elements with the pitch roofs uh, with concrete tile roofing material, same color uh, and exterior materials as present on the um, convenience market and also the stone veneer wainscote that's also present on the convenience market. 
the maximum height of this building will be 35 feet at the tallest point on the northerly tower. Um, and this building does meet the height requirements of the C1 zone. In terms of operations, the applicant plans to operate this car wash from 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. seven days a week. Um, it is an automated car wash, so cars will just continuously come through on the, uh, on the conveyor chain um, and get pulled through the car wash. Uh, once they exit, as I mentioned, they'll be able to go to the vacuum stations where those are self-serve. Um, additionally, when they enter the facility, the customers will use a self-serve kiosk in order to pay in order to enter the car wash. Um, but there will be two employees on site that are to, there to uh, help maintain a flow of traffic in and out of the car wash. And then also if there are various membership sales or whatnot uh, or any issues at the uh, self-serve kiosk. Um, this uh, car wash will be an eco, utilize eco-friendly eco -friendly technology. Uh, specifically, it'll help to reduce um, water consumption by 80% versus these uh, customers washing their car at their home. Um, the water on site will be recycled and filtered, not dumped into the city storm drain. And uh, the uh, car wash will utilize biodegradable soaps, no toxic chemicals or materials. Uh, there was a traffic scoping agreement prepared. Um, there is a, anticipated to be a net increase in vehicle trips to the facility of approximately 494 uh, daily trips. Uh, that is approximately 18 uh, trips in the a.m. peak hour and 44 in the p.m. peak hour. Uh, the scoping agreement, though, determined that the level of service of all the nearby intersections will continue to operate at their current level um, and that there was no uh, requirement for any mitigation to any street intersections. The project before the commission tonight, it is consistent with the development standards and requirements of the C1 zone, the city's design guidelines, and then those surrounding uh, commercial and, and utility uses that I mentioned earlier. Uh, the project is categorically exempt pursuant to CEQA section 15332 infill development projects. The staff has prepared a notice of exemption. Public hearing notices were mailed out for tonight's hearing to all property owners within 660 feet of the project site. And the notice was also published in the San Bernardino Sun newspaper. Uh, no comments were received in advance of tonight's meeting. With that, staff recommends that the Planning Commission adopt the resolutions before you tonight, approving the conditional development permit and precise plan of design. And that concludes my presentation, and the applicant is here in the audience if you have any questions of us. been on that street getting off the riverside it is the backup is just horrible and I think once they open up those two um, ingress uh, driveways that's fine but the traffic is still going to be backed up all the way up over to Willow and it's, it's going to be one mess I, I don't know whether it's uh, the lights um, but just it's going to be a lot of congestion, is what I'm saying, because I've been there many times and uh, trying to get on the 210, and it is it is a long time. I don't know who, uh, well, it says here who did the uh, scoping, the traffic scoping. Yes. But I don't, well, I guess I, I need to find out more about what's involved in that because the uh, level of service is a little bit, in my mind, it's questionable. It's uh, the level of service yeah, at that intersection. It, it is, as you mentioned, I think we all drive through that intersection uh, very overcrowded at certain times. 
this project, uh, though, will not reduce the level of service beyond what it is today. Uh, so it's, it's not going to provide any uh, significant impact to the traffic. There is an existing condition that you're speaking of, but the project is not going to reduce it to an even worse level of service. And that tra traffic scoping agreement it is attached to the agenda report um, for you know, the commission to, to review if you have any questions about it. Car washes already exist. They're just replacing it. So, it, are we? Maybe we'll have to hear more from the applicant if they're adding more capacity, or you know, maybe the exact same thing we already have now. Yeah, the the car wash. Um, the applicant can speak to that too. It, it is anticipated that there will be a net increase from the existing trips with this uh, car wash. It, it is a larger yeah, facility. It will have an increased yeah. amount of traffic, but. Um, as shown in the scoping agreement, it's not estimated to be anticipated to be a significant amount of traffic. Okay. All right. Let's let the uh, applicant uh, opportunity to speak and maybe can just answer a little bit of you know, Mr. Gonzalez's concerns. Yes, my name is Dan Golwin, uh, Barg Housing Consulting Engineers. I'm the architect for the project. Um, I'm not a traffic engineer, <laughs> but I but I understand the concept of level of service and a you know there will be more volume of cars washed at the site or we wouldn't be making this investment. You're hoping there will be. Yeah, we're hoping there will be, <laughs> absolutely. And so, um, but in the, in the criteria that the traffic engineers are to use, and the ITE and the uh, trip generation uh, estimates that they do based on that type of use has shown that the level of service will not be degraded. At, that doesn't mean that there isn't going to be more traffic there. It just means that based on the criteria that the that defines what the level of service is, it won't change from whatever its current status is today, which is the threshold that needs to be evaluated when it comes to the impact. I, I was just concerned. My question was because of the, uh, when in and out opened out, up across the street, traffic was horrible. And, and it's getting a little bit better. It's still very congested. And, and I wonder, you know, who does these surveys and all of that because traffic is just horrible. Yeah. On Eastern, in and out, Burger. You know, anomaly. I don't know what what the uh, uh, solution is. Yeah, uh, you know, um, popularity, right, is the key <laughs> component, right? It's uh, people want their In and Out burgers, and so it, it drives a demand. But you know, in this case, car. it's more or less a convenience for the the you know uh, the drivers to get you know a, a faster, better wash at this facility. So you know, and the idea is give us lift to the entire site. And it'd be good for the city, too, because we get a better revenue out of it. Okay. We'll see how it goes. OK. <laughs> Anybody else? No? All right. I don't have any questions. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Move to close the public hearing. Second. Any opposed? All right. Do I have a motion? Move to adopt the attached red. Go ahead. Move and adopted that resolution to exhibit F and G, thereby approve a conditional permit number 2023-006, receive the plan of design number 2023-024, allowing the demolition of an existing car wash and development and use of a new 4,180 square foot automatic car wash building with 18 vacuum spaces and approximately 1.88 acres of land APA G 
APN 0127-022-023-023-04-07-08. Substitute final condition therein. Good evening, uh, Chair, Planning Commissioners. Uh, this next item, public hearing, I think uh, in the PowerPoint here, we kind of lost the cover sheet, but um, tonight for your consideration, the applicant is requesting that the Planning Commission review and consider conditional development permit 2023-0020. Uh, um, this project location is actually south of the 10 freeway in the Aguamanza specific plan. Um, the property is uh, owned and operated by Old Dominion. It's actually an existing maintenance facility. Uh, their main facility is across the street, but this is just their maintenance facility on about 4.7 acres. Um, the existing facility, no, sorry about that. Um, it's actually located at 2231 uh, South Willow. Um, as stated, it's actually in the heavy industrial zone. So when you look at the aerial, you can see all of the adjacent uh, industrial uses. There's a horse trailer repair to the north, an existing steel yard to the south. As mentioned, on the west side is the Old Dominion uh, main facility. And then over to the east side, you have some uh, environmental hazardous uh, consultants there. Um, so the proposal is um, to install uh, about 1,850 linear feet of electrical fence. Um, it's going to be similar to the previous electrical fences that the commission has reviewed. Um, this one's 10 feet in height. Um, it does have several layers of deterrence, the first being signs, uh, both in English and Spanish, the audible siren. Um, next is the actual uh, low voltage uh, shock uh, in single bursts. And attached to the, res um, to the staff report are also the uh, University of Wisconsin safety reports and then the OSHA compliance. Sorry, back to this slide here, just kind of shows um, they have existing perimeter fencing, um, especially in the interiors next to the industrial uses are all um, existing fencing, chain link. Um, this, on the front edge, there is a screen wall there, uh, but the proposal is to put the 10-foot electrical fence just on the inside um, of the existing fencing. Um, so this project has actually been reviewed um, by various departments, uh, fire department as well is good with it. Um, Actually, uh, yeah, so as standard in the conditions of approval in the resolution, you'll find the uh, PD's recommended standard condition of approval to install those uh, installation of signs. Um, the fence installation is actually consistent with the general plan's uh, goal 5-9 uh, to reduce the criminal activity. This project um, is exempt via Cyclovery Class 3. Um, it's new construction of small structures. Um, 
This project actually utilized the 660 foot radius to send out all the notices to property owners uh, adjacent. And it was also published in the uh, local newspaper. Um, staff did not receive any comments um, via email calls or at the counter or general mail. Um, with that, uh, staff's recommendation is that the Planning Commission uh, adopt the attached resolution Exhibit E for Conditional Development Permit 2023-0020 to allow the installation of uh, 1,850 linear feet um, of electrical fence um, associated with the existing maintenance facility located at 2231 Southdale. Uh, subject to the conditions or findings and conditions therein. That is all staff has. Um, I'm not sure <coughs> if applicant is available today. Um, I did contact them um, and they were just finding out uh, about the meet tonight's meeting. Um, if you have any questions, I'm sure we can help answer them for you. I, I do have a couple of questions. What the, the uh, perimeter is, how tall is the fence now that they have? So they have a, um, a standard six-foot uh, block wall across the front. Yeah, it's a decorative fencing that came along with the improvements there. Uh, but are on the uh, perimeters where they're adjacent to other industrial users, uh, those are just uh, chain link fences. And that's going to be a 10-foot fence or six-foot? The existing is six-foot. The proposed electric fence is going to be 10. Yeah, uh -huh. 10 feet tall. Okay, okay. And they have a block wall in front, right? Yeah, along the frontage. Yeah. And I like that the, um, they're going to put the uh, signs up for the voltage, electrical voltage and all that in English and Spanish. Definitely. Okay. Did you open the public hearing or anything or no? We do, right? Okay. Any other questions, you guys? Any questions from the audience? It's nice about electric fence if you're not in there to steal anything, you don't have to worry about it. Move to adopt the attached resolution exhibit E to approve conditional development permit number 2023-0020 to allow the installation of approximately 1,850 linear feet of electric security fencing around the perimeter of an existing maintenance facility located 2231 South Willow Avenue Assessor's parcel number 058-041-09, <coughs> subject in, to the findings and conditions therein. Second. All in favor? Any Aye. Aye. Any opposed? All right. Next item on our agenda. Comments, right? Yes, sir. Thank you very much. <coughs> we have a couple more projects uh, coming your way in in October um, uh, an industrial building a couple industrial buildings that, that you'll see come through um, probably and there may be one on in, in early October maybe one in later October okay. um, one of the sites is a little bit complicated it has a, a has a railroad ownership in there it has you know city well water ownership in there it has um, it has utilities with Edison wrapped into it, and and it has the county, you know, trying to build, you know, some flood control improvements. So there's a number of different things going on, um, but you know, staff is working those issues out, you know, now in anticipation for a later October, um, you know, planning commission meeting. So 
Um, then the one before that looks like it's going to come uh, north of the 210 um, an industrial building. It is one of our larger ones, 380,000 square feet. And, um, and, but that pretty much is, um, looks, looks generally par for the course, meeting a lot of the regular standards of, of the code, um, but still worthy <coughs> of a, a good conversation and it has neighborhood you know, to the north of it. Um, but we don't expect too many, uh, too many extraordinary issues around that project. But um, outside of that, um, we did have a discussion today around a project that is, is submitted through the county. It, it is a million square feet uh, right there at Pepper and uh, north of the 210. It's, you probably know it as the Vulcan site, um, the uh, aggregate you know, base site. And so it's a project being submitted to the county. Um, it's going through various reviews right now through the development review process. And they're doing their environmental work, pre preparing all that. And um, so they're having certain conversations with the city because they need to have uh, sewer services and things of that nature with the city. So we will be working with the county uh, executive office, uh, Aaron and myself talking to them about any pre-annexation type conversations and things of that nature. So we have a good participation in the project during the entitlement process. Also some negotiations on possibly on development fees because certainly the city of Rialto would be impacted greater than the county or the city of San Bernardino. Yeah. And, um, and then any uh, you know, ongoing long-term you know, annexation type of arrangements that could, um, that are general terms between counties and cities. So that's a different conversation that's being had separately. The project is gonna be another 12 or 12 months down the road going through its process and design and all that, but it's, it is something that's out there. That's about it. Planning Commissioner Collins. Move to adjourn. Move to adjourn. Second. All right. Any opposed? Anybody opposed? Yeah. All right. When's our next meeting? Did you get my certificate? Colby? Yes, When's our next meeting? October 11th. <coughs> okay. yeah. October 11th. 11th.